Upstream with Jim and John, father and son conversations about discipleship and culture in the Pacific Northwest. I'm John. And I'm Jim. And welcome to episode 113. Yeah. Today we're going to talk about how to move from Jesus being your figurative leader to Jesus being your functional leader. Yes. And then I'm going to introduce a new prayer tool that I've been using that I'm in love with that is deepening the possibilities of that. Uh, concept. And so we're going to teach you a prayer called the prayer of examine. And so I think it's a good episode. If you want to draw closer to Jesus, if you want to increase your ability to hear and discern uh, the activity of Jesus in your soul, I think this is an episode you're going to like. I'm really excited about it because these are both things that I'm eager to learn more of. This is I'm uh, you know, obviously this is still going to be a conversation, but I'm eager to see what I personally can get out of this one. <laughs> well, let's dive in, John. It's uh, story time first, and it is your turn for a story. Now you didn't or a say. Joke. I was going to say you didn't say joke or story. Or Are a you joke. revoking my joke rights? I am not. You have you have you have the rights to tell terrible jokes. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm going to refuse that right this time. I'm going to tell another story. <laughs> uh, this was uh, back at Northwest. And now I'm always paranoid because my short-term memory is so bad that I've told this story before, but I don't think, if I did, this one, if I did, it would have been a long time ago, like the very beginning of the podcast. But I'm at Northwest, and uh, I'm in the cafeteria with some of my friends and some other acquaintances that we had around the school. You know, in the cafeteria, if you had like a class with somebody a year ago, and you see them, and they're alone, and you're going to sit alone. That's still someone to eat with. Yeah, you just go sit with them. Yeah. So this happened a lot. It's a small school. I, I imagine it's probably still similar in a big school, but Northwest is a pretty small school. Yeah. So, um, so you might sit down and say, hey, man, I yeah. had a class with you. Yeah, exactly. Let's chat. Let's catch up. Yeah. And with so, the catch up between us. <laughs> in this case, it was me and some friends of mine that from my dorm, like good, not more, you know, not just acquaintances, and then an acquaintance of ours from um, just around. Yeah, and so uh, I'll 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 say his name because he finds the story funny and it's it doesn't make him look particularly bad. This is my buddy Alan, and uh, we're having lunch, and there's this girl there, and Alan, uh, at the time, an, a, a, a pretty thorough flirt, I would say. He's you know non-discriminate. Oh, he's always working. Yeah, always working the women angle. And he's since uh, gotten married to a wonderful woman that me and Lindsay like very much. Yeah, and he's fully great. devoted, and he's fully not devoted. working the woman thing anymore. No. But at this time, you know, he was he, he was had, a player. He had his work cut out for him, <laughs> and so <laughs> he was a wannabe player. Yeah. So there's a cafe on the campus called uh, the Airy, A E R I E. I don't know why. It's, when it came out of my mouth, it sounded like a weird word. Yeah, the, I'm curious why they ever came up with that name. Because they're the Eagles, the Northwest Eagles. What is an Airy? It's like a, a elevated nest for eagles, I think. Well, how, how's a common man supposed to know that? I guess it is an institution of higher learning, so they would think yeah. they could figure that out. But yeah, I, I I've so. always wondered why they called it that. I did not know that's what that is. Yeah. Well, now you know. So if nothing I else, this, this taught you something. Yeah, so I'm, I'm impressed, and, and I'm a better man. <laughs> so at the uh, beginning of each semester, if you lived in the dorms, you would get $100 credit to the area. Wow. I think it was a hundred, maybe it was fifty, but I pretty nothing's free. I think I paid for that. Well, no, that's why if you were, only if you were in the dorms. When you got to the apartments, the student apartments, they didn't give you that anymore. Oh, um, so it, I think it was part of the food plan. 
I, I bet you so. it was 50. 100 sounds ridiculous, but I can't quite remember. It was a lot of money. And uh, so I would normally, you know, I was pretty good about it, but I would still get, th- get through it by the end of the year. But normally at the end of the year, you know, or the end of the semester, I mean, uh, students are, you know, they got to spend that money. So they're going to the area all the time. It's the finals week, <laughs> place is crazy. But Alan, for whatever reason, had tons of money left at the end of this for the semester. And so, so he, needs to, he needs to go blow a wad at the airy. Right. And so I'm trying to convince him to take his buddy John over there to, you know, <laughs> twice a day, three times on Sunday. <laughs> they had pretty good lattes over there. Yeah. Yeah. They had a full uh, coffee bar and snacks. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. And so you could even spend those dollars. Could you on merchandise? Cause they had sweatshirts and all kinds of stuff. No, I don't think it extended to merchandise. That was, oh, okay. that's in a different building. It was just and food, just food. And so uh, it's me and Alan. I forget who else is there. At least my buddy Lem, and then Sarah, our acquaintance. And so uh, I'm like, Alan, what are you going to do with all this money? And he says, and I, you know, acquaintance emphasize, emphasize this. I didn't actually know her name at the time. Right. And he says, well, I figured I would take uh, Sarah to to the area. I figured, I'd, you know, get Treat her, her right. get her a coffee. And she, you know, he says this to the table to her included. Mm. And I said. Who on God's green earth is Sarah? <laughs> <laughs> that and, is uh, hilarious. Yeah, and um, I can't quite remember how it resolved because they both they all just kind of pointed to her, and then uh, and did she make any response? No, I had ruined the moment. She either pretended she didn't hear or oh right, right. However, that worked out, but. Uh, but yeah. she let you off the hook. She let him off the hook. I let. Turns out he says that I, you know, he said that I helped him dodge a bullet. So and now that he's oh, really? happily married, I did help him dodge a bullet. I guess. So you're well, welcome, Alan. Okay, there you go. When I, when I was youth pastoring in Dallas, we had this kid named uh, Shane, and he would always stick his feet in his mouth. So he gets hired by uh, Burger King or somewhere. And it's a new store, so they're doing employee orientation. So he's in a room with like 15 new employees. And uh, they said, well, let's go around the room and introduce ourselves. He's back in the back, sitting next to a real pretty girl. And people in the front row are going like, you know, my my name's Joe, and I'm 27, and um, blah, blah, blah. And mm-hmm. the next person, I, I'm, I'm Sarah, and I'm 23. He leans over to her and says, man, if you're 23 and working here, you are you are a loser. <laughs> and when it gets to her name, she says, hey, I'm whatever her name was, and I'm 24. And yeah. he just slides down to the floor. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like something I could possibly see myself doing. <laughs> Never been that much of a smooth operator, I guess. You're a lad. That's we, The only time we open our feet, our mouth is to switch feet. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's dive into this topic because um, – I've been captivated with this notion. I'm in a small cohort of pastors from literally around the world. One guy from England, one from Canada, one from Albany, New York. Hmm. And I forget where the other guy's from. But we're all uh, Vancouver, Canada, by the way. Sure. But um, one of those guys made a passing comment that he was really working on uh, Jesus not being the functional not being the the figurative leader of the church, but the functional leader of the church. On he himself. Yeah, and that just that phrase just grabbed me. This is now two weeks ago, and I can't stop thinking about it. And so uh, I've been thinking about, you know, how how different would life be if Jesus were not just the figurative leader of my life, but the actual functional leader of my life. Not like I'm praying about, oh, Jesus, tell me what shirt to put on today. Um, or Jesus, do I stop at 
the Exxon station or the Shell station. <laughs> sure. Uh, or which way should I drive to work today, Jesus? It's not not like that, but just truly following Jesus with a heightened sense of his presence, his direction and discernment, and um, the connection that you have, you know, right? That you're doing that. Can you give me a practical examples of what it would look like to have him as the figurative leader compared to the actual authoritative leader? Well, if he's the figurative leader of my life, then I say, man, I'm serving Jesus. I love Jesus. Jesus, you have my life. While I then go about running my own life, however I see fit. So making, making your own de- decisions. And- making decisions on human strategies, um, you know, calculating risk and making decisions or perhaps even like buying a new car versus keeping the car I have or um, buying a house or where I should live or what job if I get a job offer. Sure. Just saying, hey, Jesus, be with me. Jesus, be with me. Jesus, be with me. Instead of that, saying, hey, Jesus, I want to be with you. Um, so I'm curious, John, right, right off the top of hearing this, yeah, does it make sense to you? Is it is it a concept that makes sense to you? It totally does, yeah. Uh, what, what immediately came to mind is um, the uh, how I often feel with this is, um, and I know it's not. It sounds funny saying it, but is is this question big enough for Jesus? That kind of thing, right? So, um, mm. what you mentioned a car, like obviously, you know, the Bible talks a lot about money, but you know, if it's if you're gonna buy a car regardless, and it's uh, you know Ford or or Dodge. You know, do you pray about that? Or for me, because what comes to mind for me is um, house hunting and the market is uh, crazy. And uh, so you would think I might want to pray. Should I get a house now or wait or, you know, but it feels like even that, which is a huge financial decision, almost feels like it's just for my preference. It's just for my comfort anyway. So it's that problem might not be my, my mental voice would say that might not be big enough for God. Well, here's the tension. You know, I think that the Lord is. Nothing is too small for him to care about or pay attention to, and yet he's not wanting to micromanage your life. So sure, um, I think there is a tension there, and it's probably more like matters of forgiveness versus revenge or bitterness, um, having your mouth out of control, and really asking Jesus to help govern your mouth, um, the way you treat people, opportunities missed or gained with uh, people in distress and whether you, you know, what do I do with the guy with the cardboard sign or sure. the flat tire on the side of the road? And I've got 20 minutes to get where I'm going. So like I've heard a lot, uh, with giving money, um, spontaneously to, to, to beggars. Um, well, that guy's just going to go buy booze, you right. know, that kind of thing. Like, uh, and that might be, would that be, uh, an example of the human wisdom end of it? And instead just being like, well, God told me to give him money. So I'm going to give him money. Yeah. I think there's no, that's not a foolish, uh, point of consideration because I actually in Denver we had two homeless guys uh that we had a we had a couple of gals that went and delivered lunches downtown Denver uh in the homeless parks and um these they befriended these two guys and got them to come to church so um we had after church every Sunday we had a newcomer's lunch at a Mexican restaurant if you were if it was your first visit come over to the restaurant you can meet the pastors, and we'll. We just want to get to know you. We'll buy your lunch at on the border, right? No, it was at um, Three Margaritas. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, 
So those guys come over there, and I and I put them on either. I put them beside me because I wanted to talk to them, and I said, "Hey, forgive my ignorance, but I just want to. I want to understand your world and how our world could intersect with your world and make you give you help. You know, help you grow a better world. Sure. And those guys told me, "Don't give me money." That was the first answer out of their mouth. Don't give me money. Because I battled my addictions, and if I get a, wa- a pocket full of money, that's exactly where I'm going. Wow. They said, give me food, uh, give me encouragement, help me stay sober. Um, they talked about shelters that required a clean UA versus shelters that don't. Um, and I told those guys, listen, if you will, if you will keep coming here every week, I will buy your lunch every single week, and we will – We'll brainstorm this, and maybe together we could figure out how churches could be true partners in your life. Sure. So they came for about five weeks. We'd have conversations every week, and then they fell back into their addiction pond and never came back. Man. Mini story. This wouldn't be good enough for the beginning of an episode, but we went to um, – you said, said the name one more time. Three Margaritas. Three Margaritas. They had a cool arcade in the front. We went there so often that – we would show up after church, and my meal and drink would be sitting at my spot at the table we always sat at. And I was in middle school, I think, so I thought that was super cool. That was like the first yeah. time that ever happened. I'm being treated the way I deserve. <laughs> Finally, for once in my life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, John, when you think of um, just the notion, however that plays out in your mind, the notion of Jesus not being you know, the figurehead leader of John's life, but the the functional leader. Yeah. Leader, you know, and that's what Lord means. Jesus is my Lord. That means he is my master. He is my functional leader. He's, I am enslaved to him. I'm a servant of his. My life is not my own. Uh, Second Timothy talks about, or first Timothy two, be a good soldier of the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, No soldier entangles himself in civilian affairs, but rather lives for the pleasure of his commanding officer. So really talking about that, how do we... Yeah, so, for, for me, when I think of it, it's like, um, and this could be an especially Western or American way to think about it, but like, I imagine um, Christ followers as like individual agents, and they're like, uh, they're like, if they're superheroes, they would have like the Superman S would be like the sign of Jesus, but you could do whatever you want. Like, he's my Lord, he's he's whom I call my allegiance to, but I'm you know I'm handling my affairs, and because honestly, we talk about it a lot with the. Um, the Saul reference, you know, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might for the Lord is with you. Yeah. We use that first Kings 10. Yeah. We use that, um, as a lot of, you know, second Samuel 10. Sorry about that. Okay. Second Samuel 10. Anyway. Yeah. Whatever, whatever your heart finds to do, do it with all your might for the Lord is with you. We use that as a lot of, you know, uh, like you always said is, is the, the Bible, a blueprint or a roadmap, right? Is that what you said? A blueprint or uh, a, yeah, a roadmap. And so we, we've used that phrase to say, um, you don't need God's or, or don't wait on God to tell you every little thing to do with your life. Right. So this seems almost in conflict with that. It's a good point. So you're pushing me to describe this better than I have. So let me ask you this question. In what ways could you say Jesus is a figurehead leader in your life, but not exactly a functional leader? What well, is there a gap? And if so, how would you describe the gap? For me, it's a uh, communication gap. So figurehead leader, um, you know, you don't have to talk to that guy very often. 
Right. He's, he's just there. He's, you know, the Queen of England. How often do you think the Prime Minister and the Queen actually talk to each other? Every week. Really? They have to. It's required by their laws. What do you think they talk about? Well, that's a different story. Not, All I'm not saying is things, I can't... Yeah. For for the operation of the country, it doesn't have to happen all that often, I don't think. I could right. be grossly underestimating the Queen's responsibilities. But what I mean mostly is... Uh, okay, so like Canada. Um, the Queen is on Canadian money. They're blue loonies and toonies right. and whatever. She's on there. <laughs> How often do you think Justin Trudeau talks to the Queen? Yeah, I don't think ever. Probably not that often. So that, that's kind of what I mean. Figurehead um, or having the S on your chest or whatever. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to actually communicate that much. And that's when I, when we first started talking about this and why I'm so excited for also the second part of this conversation about the examine prayer model yeah. is because my communication with Jesus is really shabby. Um, you know, the, if the, <laughs> we, we've kind of ragged on the whole, just read and pray or, or pray and read your Bible kind of thing. But if that was all that we were doing, I'm good at the, mostly good at the reading one. I'm a lot worse at the prayer one. Well, and you're, I think you're right that we basically view that God is in charge in the heavens, but disengaged in the daily affairs. Yeah. And, and so, therefore, we're acting as good stewards. I, 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 I have the Bible, and I have teachers, uh-huh. and I have the Holy Spirit in my heart to help, hopefully guide me. And then it's my job to figure it out and and to do it. <clears throat> and I think that uh, perhaps a day um, when you've grown the skills of sensitivity to Holy Spirit promptings, when you've grown the skills to discern that Jesus might be speaking to me right here, I need to pause, um, that there's a lot more adventure to life. Uh, one of the things I did years ago, was try to practice the two minute rule. That if I and I had a deal with the Lord, if you prompt me, I will be obedient within two minutes. Wow! And um, it it made life a little more adventurous because as I stayed aware that He might prompt me, and um, it actually happened less than I hoped it would. Sure. But the notion would be, um, Jesus is asking you to steward your life under His lordship effectively and he doesn't want to hold your hand and micromanage everything in your life at the same time he might like to show you an opportunity that's sitting right in front of you or an attitude of your heart that continues to show its ugly self and needs to be addressed and so i think that's more where my mind goes is what are the toxins still inside of me that that i sweep over or ignore that jesus is like you know i'd really like to deal with that if you would if you would make me the the functional leader here and gotcha. engage with me, I'd like to show you some stuff inside you. So you you mean it more <clears throat> internal than decision-making, like external? Yes, yeah. Gotcha. And that you would not only – this we're using this in mostly the corrective sense, but also in the sense of um, enjoying Jesus, enjoying you. Hmm. enjoying the fact that Jesus loves you, that he is with you, that he delights in you, that also you would spend time doing that because that is that is part of Jesus's function in your life. And uh, many, I would, I would just say dramatically, most Christians don't experience that. I mean, yeah, you're probably right. Most professing It's the Christians. opposite. We feel, we feel guilty. We feel ashamed. We think God's probably thinking negative thoughts about us. Yeah. So then to show an example of 
the more external because I think it's easier to look at those, you know, like because it's because they're external. Um, but like the uh, disciples in the early church in the book of Acts, you know, um, we tried to go to this town, but the spirit said no, or the spirit wouldn't right. let us. Right. Um, do you know what that looks like on a day to day level? Because they don't talk about how they heard that. They just talk about that they they heard it. They know that's what God yeah, said. Yeah, and even I think it's around I don't know Acts uh, six or eight. Uh-huh. Acts maybe Acts eight or nine. Um, they're praying and fasting, and it says they're ministering to the Lord and praying. And those and the Lord said, "Set apart for me Saul and Barnabas to the mission which I've called them." So there, Jesus is being the functional leader. Hey, these two cats right here, separate them, ordain them. Give them what they need and send them on a trip, right? Because he's, I've called them to something. He's the big boss there. There was nobody who made that call and then asked if t- Jesus if it was okay or prayed to Jesus yeah. and then made that call. Yeah, he, here's he our decision: Jesus, you bless it, right? Versus Jesus, what's your decision here? What do you want to do? And I don't know. Um, you know, I've I've never even come close to that level of clear communication. And talk about well, you, most Christians not. I, I would assume most Christians haven't either. Yeah. And there's uh, the book of Acts is a great book to read if you're if you're lit up by this conversation, it would be good for you to read the book of Acts as your devotional reading for a while, because you see a ton of this. Yeah, uh, go down to the street called Straight Street, and and go to the house that faces the beach, and there's a, it's the home of Simon the Tanner, and there's a man there named Simon. I want you to ask for him and bring him to Cornelius. I mean, that's very specific instructions. Well, and talking of uh, uh, real contemporary examples, there's a famous story when I was in youth group, and it's one of those that's just kind of um, ubiquitous, or, or it's just, you know, I just heard it from people, so I don't know yeah. the, you know, I don't know the It might be an urban legend or whatever. Yeah, yeah. but there's a story of uh, a guy in a Walmart, a, a young Christ follower in Walmart, and he felt super strongly that he should just do a handstand in Walmart. Mm. Mm-hmm. He just was like, it was an in, intense thought in his head. And so he just did a handstand. And the story goes that a, a young, uh, a young woman was in the store and she had thought, uh, just to be crazy. She had thought, if I don't see someone doing a handstand in this Walmart, I'm going to go home and kill myself. Or when I go home, I'm going to kill myself. Mm. And he did a handstand and she, you know, so anyway, regardless if that's true or not, that could be a similar model of the, the, the obeying within two minutes kind of thing. Right. 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 Exactly. And I think of this, uh, there used to be, I think she may still be on the radio, Dr. Laura Schlesinger. You ever heard of her? No, I'd love to know how to spell that last name, though. Dr. Laura Schlesinger. She's a psychologist, and she um, she had a radio talk show on how to train your husband. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it was a marriage talk show, but she basically wrote a book on how to train your husband, and it was basically taking dog training and applying it to marriage training. Holy smokes. And uh, it's a crude concept, but there's actually a lot of parallels that are pretty pretty brilliant. But um, think about you and Romo. Instead of thinking about um, Jesus and you, think about you being the functional leader of Romo versus the figurative leader of Romo. Okay. Uh, Romo's John's dog, if you don't know that. Yeah, not the not the ex-Dallas Cowboys not quarterback. Not Tony Romo, the, da- the Dallas quarterback, who's a great golfer. And, but um, I didn't name so, the dog. Just so, just so it's yeah. clear for our listeners, <laughs> I inherited the dog with the name. Yeah, and I did not name the dog, so let's be clear about that as well. <laughs> but um, you know, you want Romo to to have you be his leader, 
Mm-hmm. And there are times when he doesn't do what you want, and there's times when he does. And in the crude sense, this is what we're talking about: is um, we are as we are as uh, far from God's ways and thinking as Romo is from yours. Yeah, I think about that a lot, actually, especially when I'm pleased with him. I think if I was this patient with God, we could probably get a lot done. Him and me, he could he could <laughs> use me in a lot of good ways because he'll yeah. do stuff that makes no sense to him. He'll like I'll open the door, and then he's getting ready to go out, and I say, and I forget something. I got to go over here. It's on the wait, and he sits there looking out the door, and he's got to be wondering why. Why am I waiting? The yeah. door's open. We normally go outside right after <laughs> the door opens, and he just waits there and he looks at me. And I think, man, if I was that obedient, that'd that, be great. That's kind of what I'm talking about. Okay, so um, the two thoughts I'm having in my head that I'm wrestling with is how could I, and this will be the prayer examine helps me so far. How could I move Jesus more into the functional leadership role of my life rather than the figurative one? And then um, conversations I'm going to be having with our pastoral team and our elders, how could we become a church where Jesus truly is the functional leader of our church Sure. rather than the figurative leader of our church? So you could even expand that to... Um, how could you and Lindsay make Jesus the functional leader of your home? Right. Yeah. And other, other units, family, marriage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, teaching your kids to help if you, you know, if you ever do procreate, but (laughs) teaching your kids how to help them learn for Jesus to functionally lead their lives. Sure. It's a pretty exciting concept to me. I love it. And the next, uh, the next part of the conversation, the examine method, is that does that feed into this or? It does because it is about um, spending some uninterrupted time um, with Jesus. The so this is uh, let me give you just a little background on the prayer of examine, and then we'll walk through it. Or do you want to do a break or anything first? Yeah, let's or? do. Uh, you can you can tease it if you want, and then let's do your uh, media review, show and tell, and commercial break, and then we'll we'll, we'll dive deep in it. Okay, so there was a there was a cat named Saint Ignatius who uh, just wanted to know Jesus more and more and more Catholic, uh, ancient. Uh, I should know what year that was, but I don't. And um, he is the one who developed the prayer of examine. And he became so passionate of following Jesus closely and um, you might say recklessly or with abandon. Sure. And he began. He he gave birth to a movement of of priests called the Jesuits. And so it's a pretty, you know, this is a this is an an ancient method that still has great fruitful results for us. And um, it may be. Here's what we'll say, John. Um, we'll make a short podcast for our. Uh, patrons and those who request this, uh, let's see. Let, we'll do this for our newsletter registrate. If you if you are registered on our newsletter, we will produce an episode, a short episode of of walking you through the prayer of examine, so you can experience it and try it with some coaching. Sure. The first time I did it, I listened to a guy kind of coach me through it in my headphones, and um, I don't prefer it that way, but. Um, We'll offer a resource. How's that? Sounds good. Okay, so uh, we'll walk through the prayer of examine shortly. It's very simple. You can, if you want to grab a pen, um, you can write this down. It's very simple. 
and then give it a shot. I think it might be um, it might be really a game changer for you. It certainly is for me. So uh, before that, it's time for uh, a, a media endorsement or <laughs> not an endorsement. It's not an endorsement. We, we don't what get is paid it, John? For it. Just to show tr- a, a review or uh, uh, any book, music, movie, TV show that uh, you've been. I don't know. Been you've been into recently? Yes, and I will say that I do have, for what I'm about to tell you, I do have some man friends who believe I should surrender my man card because of this media. Because of this media that I indulge, <clears throat> it is a TV show on Netflix called Heartland. Mm. Fourteen seasons. A ranch in Canada, 600 acres, a ranch called Heartland. It's been in the family for six generations. And um, two daughters, their mom is killed in a car crash in the first episode, and they live with their grandfather. And um, it's about the development of that family after the death of mom and life on this 600-acre ranch. I love it because it's. I call it Hallmark for Men. <laughs> it's it's very clean. It is very clean. It's all sure. rated G, very clean. Um and it's it's horses and ranching and bringing in the hay and and it's Canada which I think is kind of cool. And it looks and it, wherever they filmed it it looks beautiful. It is. It really is. So there are 14 seasons of Heartland. And Sue and I have a habit now of just about every night we watch one episode and we are now I think we're like episode nine of season seven, about and halfway through. Man, fourteen is a lot. It's a lot, and I'm, we're in no hurry. It's not a race. You don't, you don't really miss anything if you take a while between episodes. Sure, but it's just a little thing. Just a little, just a little thing. I think the, I did, I did, would never have said surrender your man card, but I definitely didn't get it at first. <laughs> I probably still. I probably still don't get it the way you get it, but well, I, her grandfather. Well, I love the horses, and you know, I, I'm thinking about how I'd love to own a ranch and own horses and all uh-huh. that. So I'm living vicariously through that. But also, the grandfather is a guy named Jack, and he is the patriarch of this family, and he's a man. He, especially as the seasons go on, he's a man, and I love the way he coaches them, leads the family. They take in a couple of juvies and the way he loves them and, and raises them and really teaches them responsibility. Sure. Uh, it's just really good. I, I like it. Well, nice. If you're looking for some PG. Cheap uh, entertainment. Cheap entertainment. Hallmark for men. It's on Netflix. And your wife will thank me for it. If, you, if, you're, <laughs> if you're a man and you, and you introduce this to her, she's going to thank me for it. And you won't hate it. Well, there you go. You won't hate it. That should be on the the poster <laughs> of the show. There, yeah, there's the there's the tag. You won't hate it. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's play our uh, commercial for you guys, and we will talk to you in just a minute. Upstream is supported by the faithful members of the Upstream team, listeners who give monthly through Patreon. This podcast is just one part of the Jim and John ministry. They also write weekly blogs, have published their first book, and are currently at work on more. Their desire is to produce transformational content as well as offer encouragement and coaching to others. The dream is to see a movement of people who are integrating the work of Jesus into their daily lives and who are joining Him on His mission to redeem and restore all things. 
check out their website at jimandjohn.com, where you can learn more about the father-son duo and gain access to all they have to offer. If you would like to join the Upstream team, consider partnering with Jim and John on patreon.com slash jimandjohn. A link is also available on the homepage of their website. And remember, there's no H in John. Now let's join Jim and John for the home stretch of today's conversation. All right, welcome back. Uh, again, thanks for listening to episode 113. It's kind of a nasty number, right? 13. It's kind of unlucky, but I think we're doing all right so far. Well, it's 113, so that's not unlucky. That's true. Okay. It might be the unluckiest of that hundred. <laughs> Probably. But we're doing all right. But uh, we're very grateful to our listeners. Um, very grateful to our patrons. And uh, yeah. So uh, examine the, uh, the prayer. Is it an acronym? Examine? No. no? It's just X, X-E-X-A-M-E-N. It's kind of like examining. That's um, E-N, though. Examine is with I-N-E at the end. I know, but this is an ancient word, the way they spelled it in of ancient course. whatever that was. Of course. Jesuit times. Yes. So, um, I think, uh, just a couple of thoughts. This is a way to take your life from overwhelmed to operating out of the overflow of God's work in your soul. So, this truly is about spiritual vitality, living your life from your soul anchored in God, uh, being able to recognize what's going on in your heart, uh, being able to enjoy God's joy in you. Um, there's a lot here, and this may feel very weird to you at first. So uh, it might feel very Catholic, or it might feel very meditative, or yoga, or something, who knows. Mm. But I just think that you should give this a shot, and I am finding it to revolutionize my prayer life. So, And to help me, and this is this is 500 years old, this whole idea, and it's helping me to recognize the presence of God, process things in my heart. So... Here you go. I'm going to give you, it's five parts. Okay. Uh, part one is to, uh, it, well, and first you get in a really quiet place. It's helpful if you do it at the same time every day. Uh, the Jesuits did it twice a day, once at noon, once in the evening. Um, that's a lot, but, and I would say if you can do it three or four times a week, that's a pretty successful thing. Sure. But it would be awesome if you did it every day. But I think there's a pattern either to do it first thing in the day but I've decided to do mine in the evening because um, I have a fresher awareness of the day I just lived. It's about the day you just lived. So if you do it in the morning, you're reviewing yesterday. Oh, I see. And I'm trusting my memory less and less to really be fresh on my mind there. So, And you said um, it takes 10 or 15 minutes? You can do this in 10 minutes. And um, when I give you the audio through our newsletter, it'll be a link you can click. And you can listen to it, and it's it's a, it's a it's a ten minute experience. Awesome. And then it sounds like I'll, I should wait till after I hear it, but it sounds like you could do this twice a day. You could. Oh, you could. I just don't know that you'd have enough content really going on. I see. I see. Um, because it's so new to us, you might not have enough to process in that length of time. So let's walk through it. Okay. So the place you choose needs to be a quiet, very quiet place, guaranteed uninterruptions, cell phones far away. TV's far away, no distractions. If you want some um, quiet music playing, that's fine. As long as there's no words in the music, you want your mind to be free and uninterrupted. Hmm. Um, and you want to have good posture. You want to sit straight up in a chair. You want to have your feet on the floor and in an undisturbed place. Okay. It is, it is 
uh, I'm told that it is increasingly beneficial if you have a set place that you keep going back to and it becomes this sacred space for you. Yeah, with the power of association there. Yeah. Would you have a, not for me, of course, would you have a recommendation for um, parents of like small kids or people who have- After they go to bed, um, you know, for me, mine right now, because the weather's so great, is on my back patio. Mm, got it. And I have it's a really nice comfortable chair. I love it back there. I'm what the sun is setting, whatever. I don't know what I'll do when it's raining. I'm about to redo my home office and turn it in more into um a a, a sacred space for me. That's um the way I want it to be. And so I'm I'm going to prepare a place in here for that. I wouldn't be surprised if you still find yourself resorting to the patio at least in the summer because that's a nice in the summer. It's right. a nice place. Yeah, and even taking a walk or driving to, you know, for me, Miller Sylvania State Park's really close to my house. So sitting there looking at the water, um, you could mix it up. But the point is no distractions, no no interruptions. Totally. Okay, the five steps. And really the three things you're going to do in these three steps. So step one is find the quiet place, get settled down. Three or five, do you say? I'm sorry. Five. So step one is the quiet place, and then sit there and really um, take uh, breathe in through your nose, breathe out through your mouth. Just kind of calm down, slow the pace of your heart down, and become aware of God's presence. Imagine that He is sitting near you, or standing next to you with His arm on your His hand on your shoulder. Uh, but you just you just place yourself consciously in the presence of God with with slow pace and high awareness. Sure. Then you're going to do the three steps are review, I mean, recall, review, and reconcile. So um, you, you, you get in this quiet place, you settle your body down, you breathe, control your breathing, lower your heart rate, Thank God for his presence. Imagine Jesus being with you, enjoying your company. Imagine that he's thrilled to be with you. Imagine that he is excited about the time you're spending with him because he is. And enjoy that. Just enjoy God enjoying you. Then recall. Start your day, the day you just had, or if it was yesterday, and let it roll in front of you like a like a highlight reel of your day and recall times when God probably did something for you or he kept you strong or he avoided a crisis or you sensed his presence or his love recall that's the first thing is recall this is all recall here recall God's engagement with you I am with you I will never leave you even on those moments when you lost it those moments when maybe you participated in a habitual sin. I didn't run away. I didn't hide. I know who you are, and I choose you, and I'm glad you're here with me. Just recall his love, his kindness, his patience, and enjoy God. That's awesome. Then review your day. So I got ahead of myself. Second step is review your day. Ask the Holy Spirit to guide you. Holy Spirit, as I review my day, help me see things that I didn't see or show me stuff. So first is what am I grateful for? As you review the day, think of the things you're really thankful for. 
I had a fun time with my son. We had coffee today. We had a fun conversation. Enjoyed um, strawberry shortcake together. Man, thank you, God, that I get to spend time with my son. Had a great conversation with my wife this morning. Thank you, God, for my wife. Um, had a really productive moment at work where I felt like I contributed at high level. Thank you, God, for the privilege of that. There are thousands of gifts from God all throughout the day. You want to heighten your awareness of them and give thanks for them. So just what I'm grateful for. And that's then. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Keep going. Keep going. Sorry. Um, then the next review of your day, again, starting at the morning and reviewing the day. Review times when your feelings and motivations were revealed. Man, that was a conversation that was really hard. What were the feelings I was having there? I got chewed out by my boss or I went through a corrective. What was I feeling there? I had lunch with some friends and I did all the talking. What was my motivations there? What what hmm. was motivating me? I felt intimidated. Why did I feel intimidated in that scenario? Jesus, where did I miss you in my feelings and in my motivations? Where I was leading from the flesh and from my weakness rather than from your presence and your strength. This is awesome. Then start at the day again. Replay the day. Where did I join you today, Jesus? Where was there a moment where I actually I actually showed up and I joined you in what you were doing? Someone I saw was hurting and I leaned in and took the time to have a conversation. I saw I have a habit when I see a car accident or a fire truck going by, I I pray when I see emergency vehicles. I pray for the first responders and I pray for the people who are in a crisis. And I ask God to use this crisis to awaken them to their need of God. And uh, that's a place where I join Jesus. So what, where through your day did you join Jesus? Gotcha. Going through the day, you know, um, my wife was unhappy and rather than get defensive, I really listened wherever. Then the last one, as you review the day again, starting at the beginning of the day, this is all the review step. Uh, what are my habits? Where did I function today habitually without thinking? It's just because that's my habit. And are those good habits? And are those habits helping me in my movement to become more like Jesus? Or are those habits a barrier? What are my habits? Sure. All right. Then you get to the reconcile with Jesus. So we recall, we review, and then we reconcile. And that is we walk through the day and we tell him about it. And we ask him for our help tomorrow. We, we kind of summarize the review part to the Lord. Reconcile, Lord, this is where I was with you. This is where I blew it. This is a habit that I can't seem to shake. This is what I'm really grateful for. Tell him about it. Ask him to help you. Lord, now tomorrow as I awaken to a new day, or if you're doing this in the morning, today as I live this new day, help me have an awareness in real time of this kind of engagement. What you start, what I'm experiencing is you start recognizing the sanctity of tons of moments. Sure. And the patterns of your mouth and the patterns of your motivations and the patterns of your feelings. And it helps you, you know, uh, we're the only animals in the in the whole creation that have a gap between stimulus and response. Totally. All other animals, you give them a stimulus, they give a response. 
but humans have the capacity to pause between stimulus and response. And I think of if you ever ride the subways in London um, or the trains, when the doors open, they'll say the voice will say, mind the gap, because there's a gap between the train car and the deck. <laughs> yeah. And they, you know, so I hear this voice in my head a lot. Mind the gap. Don't react. Uh, take advantage of this gap between stimulus and response and choose your response. Uh, so you just, I think it's helping me do that kind of thing. Sure. Then the last thing is to just end, end with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. And what I find is after that kind of recall and review and enjoying of God's presence, that prayer jumps at me in totally different ways when I pray it than when I just recite it or read it in Matthew chapter 6. Yeah, at the end of that sequence, you mean at the end of the... Yeah, yeah. So there it is. That's the whole thing. And uh, you can do that in about 10, 15 minutes. But it, but it, the more you allow real reflection to occur, real honesty and transparency between you and Jesus, and inviting him, learning to enjoy him, enjoying you, and recognizing that he's man, he's in the thick of this, and this is how he nurtures us. This is how, this is how he conforms us to his image. And uh, I love that. I love that. And I'm I'm actually excited to hear the uh, one we'll put on the news because I haven't heard it yet. Um, but the uh, for making Jesus your practical leader, how would you say that this ties into into that? Well, it heightens your awareness of his engagement with you throughout the day. Sure. And the, it was that whole communication part. You know, you said, well, I, he's not functionally leading me because I never talked to him about it. Right. And so what it does is exactly that. It, it closes the gap of communication between you and the Lord. Your ear is now attuned to him. The Bible says that when we pray, the Lord inclines his ear toward us. And this is returning the favor. Lord, I'm going to incline my ear toward you. Totally. And uh, believe that you're that you presently speak, that you presently uh, guide that your presence is real, that that prayer actually is a thing of talking to, to the eternal God of the universe, and that you not only can speak to me, but you desire to speak to me and probably are speaking to me, and I'm just oblivious. I love this. I think I'm eager to hear your response after you give it a try. I will. And uh, what it makes me think of, because we talked, we've, we've given a few tools like this um, you know, throughout the weeks, and uh, my takeaway for this would be the same as a few of those is just the power of um, of uh, introspection and, and mindfulness and kind of an awareness of what's going on. Because I think yeah. the um, there's a lot going on in da- your day to day stuff. So I don't think it's, you know, it's not a malicious. I'm not going to talk to Jesus. Right. You're right. just busy. You just You're doing just head stuff. down elbows up, man. I'm just. Yeah. Yeah. I'm surviving. I'm doing it. I'm functioning. So this even if it was just pausing and breathing that would be one thing but then pausing and breathing and doing the diagnosis or doing the um you know running through your systems and your day and and especially the part of your motivations and conversations and um Mm -hmm. you know interactions that you aren't proud of how you handled them and just kind of trying to um, diagnose those or um autopsy those is the word i was looking for yep and if you use the list i mean because celebrating where you happen to be with jesus in that moment is an important thing and enjoying the fact that God is enjoying you, that he's glad you're here. Yeah. Thanks for taking these 10 minutes to be with me. Thanks for seeking my input in who you are and who you're becoming. God really loves that. 
and to learn how to uh, to enjoy him enjoying you. I, I'm finding that to be a really central piece. That's huge. And honestly, I mean, I've never even heard of that in my life. Like that kind of that kind of talk. Because yeah. like, you know, it's very much, you know, when we talk about being in the presence of Jesus, it is all, it's, you know, what do we get out of that? I, I've I've rarely heard of the pleasure that Jesus might get out of being in our presence. That's a that's a very new concept to me. But and yet he, he, it is in the scriptures. We just don't see it. Yeah, yeah. Do you have a a big takeaway, or does that would that do it? Well, I did all the talking. So what? What do you have a takeaway? Yeah. Uh, the, uh, let's hear it. Well, no, I already said it. The, the mindfulness, the um, the introspection, the diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's how you. Even if it wasn't that model exactly, the one that we're talking about, the examine yeah. model. Um, that kind of uh, practice, uh, I think, slows you down to where you can actually intellectually um, make Jesus the leader of your, of your, um, even just your day. If you if you just broke it down that way, let's make Jesus the practical leader of this day. Uh, if you were to try and make yourself do that or try and break down your day in that way, it would look a lot like this model. Right. So uh, I I love it. I think it's gold. I'm excited to try it. Well, good. We'll uh, we'll check back in a future episode on how it's going and what you think. And uh, we'd love feedback from you, our listener. If you give this a shot, I'd love to hear if it's helping you. Watch in the newsletter. If you have not subscribed to our newsletter, you can go to our Instagram account, uh, at Jim and John. and Or it's just Jim and John, not at. At is a Twitter thing, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, just Jim and John. So Jim and John. No H in the John. Yep. And um, on our Instagram bio page is a link tree and you can link to the newsletter there or you can go to our website which is uh, jimandjohn.com no h in the john and uh, you can email us at info at jimandjohn.com for anything that you want to share or if we can help you in any way and uh, you can subscribe to the newsletter and we will have the new newsletter come out within the next 10 to 12 days and that will have um, that will have the prayer of examine link to it I may, um, because I'm so excited for you to try this, listener, I may actually put this on an Instagram post with a hot link there you can go to as well, because I really want you to experience it. Um, But man, we'd love to hear from you. If you've got future episode ideas, if you have a response to this whole process, love to hear it. And we sure appreciate all your listening and your support. Awesome. Yeah, we uh, we're very, very grateful for your time, even if you're just listening uh, and we're, again, uh, very grateful for our uh, patrons. And uh, if you're interested in that or, or for more of a, of what we do at Jim and John, you can head to uh, jimandjohn.com, and uh, all of our stuff's there. Awesome. Uh, yeah, thank you, guys. We will talk to you next week for episode 114. <laughs>